today. Hallelujah. I feel such a sweet spirit in here. I mean, just a sweet spirit, Sister Rosemary. I feel in the presence of the Lord uh, uh, today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How many of you ready to this weekend? How many of you got your grill fired up and you ready to ready to celebrate this Memorial Weekend? Amen. Praise the Lord. We'll be um, we'll be celebrating um, graduation next Sunday. Uh, Riley will be here and Josh is um, Josh is here, and so next Sunday we're going to be celebrating. We're going to be celebrating. Uh, uh, their life that is before them, if God tarries, and we want to, we got something the church wants to give both of them, we're going to have prayer over them, how do you know our young people need prayer over them, amen, amen. we're living in a world, wow, um, so we're going to spend that time, a few minutes next week, uh, praying, uh, praying over them, praise the Lord, hallelujah, man, I feel good this morning, I just feel the presence of the Feel the presence of the Messiah here. If you're here, I believe the Lord is here. He wants to touch you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Psalms chapter 91. I'm not for sure if I'm going to go into next week. If you're taking notes and talk about the... We've been talking about the secret place. I hope you've been getting a little bit at, uh, out of that. I've been enjoying studying it and where the, that actually the place that God has been uh, taking me uh, how many of you have been spending more time in the secret place? How many of you know? And I talked about that secret place is a place of uh, it's a place of prayer. Uh, it's a place where you worship. It's a place where you read your Bible. It's a place that you spend every day with God, and it's called the it's called the secret place. And we talked about how Psalms chapter uh, ninety one that those who say with me those who dwell. Those who set up uh, residence, those who walk and, and set in the secret place of the Most High, say Most High, so dwell under the shadow of the Almighty, shall be under the wings, one translation says, of the Almighty, shall set under the, the keeper of the house, which is Jesus Christ, those who dwell in the presence of uh, the Lord. Psalms 91 is an expression of the child of God's confidence in the divine and deliverance and, and, and peace of God and the spirit of God and the overwhelming glory of God is in that secret place. Psalms chapter 91 wraps it around the fearful. It wraps itself around the, the confused, the brokenhearted, the person of the person of grief. Psalms chapter 91 is a psalm that brings comfort as you face your next situation. That, that's your situation that may seem, seem hopeless. Your situation that may seem like that it's out of control. That secret place. And, and we've, been talking, we've been talking about uh, uh, this place because just in the last year and a half, I have really I have really begin uh, to realize more and more in my in my life that I can't live without this place. I, I can't live without the secret place, Brother Mark. Uh, I have to dwell in his presence 
on a day-to-day basis. i, I got to get with the Lord on a day-to-day basis. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Now, there are so many different things that want to draw us away from the secret place. Busyness of life will draw you away from the secret place. Your troubles and difficulties has a a tendency to draw you away from the secret place. When life is going good, and it seems like you're not having any problems in your life, then you really don't feel like you need this secret place. But when problems arise, things start to fall apart in my life, then I have a tendency to run to the secret place. But God wants such a relationship with you and I. Jesus Christ wants such a relationship with you and I that whether it be trouble, turmoil, or whether it be I'm on the mountaintop, or whether it be I'm in the valley, that I'm still right here in my secret place. And today I want to I want to give you some promises that God promises you and I through Psalms chapter 91, verse 1 through 16. He lays out those promises to you and I that if we will dwell in that secret place, what are those promises? I want to know what those promises are. I want to know what those promises are. There's an old Hebrew song from the feast of the Passover that Israel did. It always illustrates God's continuous goodness towards his people even after he delivered them because God wanted to do, say with me, more and more. God wants to do more and more in your life. God wants to touch you more. God wants you to be overwhelmed with his presence more. God wants to heal your body. God wants to save your loved ones. God wants to put your marriage back together. God wants to, somebody needs to hear this. God wants to do more, and then he wants to do more, and then he wants to do more. And say with me again, he wants to do more in your life. And this is how this old Hebrew song uh, used to go. It said, if, if he had sunk our oppressors in the midst of the sea, but not satisfied our needs in the desert for 40 years, it would have been enough. If he had finished our, if he had satisfied our needs in the desert for 40 years, but not fed us manna, it would have been enough. If he had fed us manna, but not give us the Sabbath, it would have been enough. If he had given us the Sabbath, but not brought us to Mount Sinai, it would have been enough. If he had brought us to Mount Sinai, but not give us the Torah, it would have been enough. If he had to give us the Torah, but not brought us into the land of Israel, it would have been enough. The point, God wants to do more, and he wanted to do more and more for Israel. And as the psalmist penned, and some believe Moses penned this psalm, in Psalms chapter 91, verse 5, verse five tells you and I, and I love verse 5, listen to this promise. 
You will not, let's say it together, you will not fear the terror of night, nor the error, let's say it together, that flies by day. Now here's the condition. Here's the condition in, upon the promise. The condition is upon the promise that if I will dwell in my secret place, if I will dwell in the secret place of the Most High, this is the promise that I have. If I stay in my secret place. Let's read it again. Psalms chapter 91 and verse 5. Let's read it out loud. This is, this is powerful. I'm going to teach on this for a few minutes. Listen, let's, let's, let's say it again. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the error that flies by, let's say it, by day. The enemy loves to stop by your house at night. I heard somebody say it. Let's say that like that. Mm-hmm. Let's say it again. Mm-hmm. My daughter Marta does that sometimes. Mama tell her something and she'll go, mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, let's say it with an attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll stop by your night. He'll stop by your house anytime at night. You get a doctor's report. When does he really show up? In the middle of the night. Come on. You going through a tragic in your life? When does the devil stop, really stop by? In the middle of the night. You'll get up in the middle of the night and you'll walk in the living room and it's dark. You flip the light on and the devil will whip, whisper up. and He'll start whispering all those lies in your ears. He'll just keep whispering them and whispering them in your ears. He comes at when? Well, Pastor, I'm not for sure it means that. Let me tell you, the enemy comes at night. When you just got that bad doctor's report, you got that bad phone call, or you just found out the bad news, that terror of fear, there it is, that terror of fear comes at night. See, fear is a demonic spirit. Fear is a tormenting spirit. Fear is a spirit that drains all your hope away. Fear is a spirit that leaves you with no answer. Fear keeps you up all night. Fear lies to you. Fear leaves you hanging in the balances. Fear leaves you all balled up in a knot in the corner over there somewhere. Fear torments your mind by the minute. Fear brings you into a panic. Fear brings you great, great anxiety. But verse 5 tells me, you shall not fear the terror by night. You shall not fear the terror by night. Somebody needed to hear that. But I've got to dwell, church, in my secret place. Can I tell you, in this secret place, the God, the Holy Spirit can take this fear and diminish it. In this secret place, I feel his presence and I feel fear start to be pushed away. But he said, there's a promise. I want to promise you. Listen, God said, I want to promise you. God said, I'm going to promise you that if you'll stay in the secret place, you'll not fear the terror by night. You'll not fear that demonic spirit of fear that comes to you when you get that bad report. Why? 
Because God said, I'm going to push the fear back. The tormenting fear of the enemy that comes and tries to torment you to no end. You will not fear the terror by night. Again, fear is a demonic spirit. We don't have to be afraid because God has promised to protect us from the demonic spirit of fear. Psalms chapter 56 and verse 11. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. In God, I will put my trust. I will not fear. Fear. One of the greatest promises of chapter uh, verse 91 is I will not fear. Believe me, one of the errors that Satan uses is the error of fear. And he sharpens that error as sharp as he can get it before, before he draws back and he lets it go. But Genesis chapter 15 verse 1 says, And after this, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision. Do not be Afraid, For I am your shield, and Abraham, I am your reward. Note that God did not say, I'm going to give you a shield. God said, I am your shield, and I am your reward. For the era of fear that comes to you by night or day, God said, I am your shield. Oh, doesn't that sound good? I am your shield, devil. It doesn't matter what the devil's devil. It doesn't matter what you say because God is my shield. Devil, it doesn't matter what you try to put in my mind. You know why? Because God is my shield. The very God of heaven says he's our shield. Here's the message loud and uh, clear. God is our shield. Say with me, fear not. It's this God was saying, fear not. I'm your strength. Fear not. I'm your courage. Fear not. I'm your help. You don't have to fear, Jeff, because he said I'm your hope. He said, I'm your supplier, I'm your defender, I'm your deliverer, I'm your forgiveness, I'm your joy, I'm your future. Fear not, because I'm your strength, I'm your courage, I'm your help, I'm your hope, I'm your supplier, I'm your defender, I'm your deliverer, I'm your forgiveness, I'm your joy, I'm your future. Do not fear the terror by night or the error that flies by day. God is saying to you and me, I am whatever you need, whenever you need it. He is the all-sufficient God for every crisis in my life. I don't have to fear. If it's, good, it's good to know that when you, you got a bad doctor's report, that God's got it. Let's say it together. God's got it. I don't have to be afraid. It's good to know that when things are falling apart, let's say it together. God's got it. It's good to know when life has just hit me below the belt. Let's say it together. God's got it. I come to deliver the message through the Holy Spirit to tell you this morning that God's got it. Fear not, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Fear not, the Lord is on your side. Amen. Hallelujah. I just feel like the Holy Spirit just keeps tapping me on the shoulder. 
Tell them this. Last year when the, the, the enemy hit me or I went through my sickness, the devil lied to me like you would not believe. Can I tell you, with all of those lies, I come to tell you this morning, I'm telling you, when you're laying on that the shooting radiation in you and all the junk that's going on, the devil has a heyday. I mean, he has a heyday, brother. He has a heyday with your mind. Can I tell you nothing? Nothing the devil told me come to pass. Nothing. And I want to tell you all the lies and the fear that the devil is lying to you. You serve for such an all-sufficient God that loves you with an unconditional love. Do not fear the terror by night or the error that flies by day. Praise God. I love the King Solomon says in Solomon chapter 3 verse 8. It said, the Lord, it said, Lord, bless my doors from nightly harm. Lord, keep the enemy from my home by night. Keep fear away from my home, Lord. Lord, protect my home and protect me. This is the prayer that Tina and I and Marta pray every night before we go to bed. I pray it over my family. And you find it in Genesis chapter 3 in verse 24. It says, after sending them out, the Lord God stationed a mighty cherub to the east side of the Garden of Eden, and he placed a flaming sword that flashed back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. The flaming sword is this, in this verse speaks of, at every direction, the wrath of God will hit everything in his path. No harm can escape it. Anything that tries to come near your home and destroy your home or your mind, God said he has an angel with a flaming sword guarding your home to protect you and your household. I come to tell you that we pray this prayer every night. Lord, send an angel with a flaming sword at the, at the doorpost of my house. With that flaming sword. Which means that angel. As a guard. Every night in my home. Every night when my wife. And my daughter lays down. And when I lay down in bed. God there is an angel. You can't sing. And I can't sing. But he has stationed at my home. With a flaming sword. And anything the enemy. Tries to come in. And torment our minds. Or not let us rest at night. God said I got an angel there. With a flaming sword. The wrath of God. Whatever devil you try to do. My angel. My angel. My angel has set guard. At my home. Lord, set a guarding angel with a flaming sword in my house. The early American Indians, I'm sure some of you have probably heard this story. The early American Indians had a unique practice of training young braves. On the night of a, man's, of a young boy's 13th birthday, after learning 
hunting, scouting, and fishing skills, he was put to the final test. He was placed in the deep parts of the forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never been away from the security of his family and the tribe. But on that night, he was blindfolded and taken to several miles away. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of the thick woods and he was terrified. Every time a twig snapped, he visualized a wild animal ready to pounce on him. After that seemed like an eternity, uh, 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 it seemed like an eternity, and everything that broke, everything that snapped, continually put terror inside of him. But the first ray of sunlight entered the uh, interior of the forest. Looking around, the boy saw flowers and trees in the outline of the path. Then to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow. It was his father. He had been there all night long. I come to tell somebody, your father has been there all night long. You can't see, and maybe you can't even visualize he's there, but your father is watching over you. It may seem scary. It may seem frightening. It may seem like that the enemy's going to eat your lunch, but the heavenly father is standing right over you at every minute watching over you. Verse 7 gives us another promise. It says, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. If I stay in my secret place, you've got to stay here. I'm telling you, when I don't spend time here, I can really tell it. And when I don't spend time here, my wife can really tell it. She tells me I need to head back to the secret place. What are you laughing at, Betty? At the secret place. I can tell it. But he said if I abide here, he said there will be a thousand in one side. Listen, when he talks about a thousand and ten thousand, what he's trying to tell you and I, that there is no De Listen, there is no demon in hell. Oh, Pastor, that's a little, that's kind of Pentecostal kind of language there. No, I'm just telling you. The Bible tells me in Psalms chapter 91, there is not a demon in hell. There's no terror can take me. He says a thousand may fall at one hand and 10,000 at my other hand. But God, let's say it together, got it. God's got me. No matter what I face, God, you got me. You got me, God. I don't understand it all, but you got me. I can't figure it all out, but God, all I know is you got me. You got me, God. You got me. Somebody needs to hear it this morning. God, Ain't no enemy in hell. Thousand at one side, ten thousand at the other. He was saying, no matter how big your problem is, God's got you. 
the last part of verse 7, listen to what it says. But it will not come near you. But it will, let's say it, you need to say it out loud. Let's say it together. But it will not come near you. Who? You. It will not come near who? Me. Let's make it personal. It will not come near me. Verse 10 says, here's another promise. It says it like this, church. No evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. No harm will overtake you, I think the NIV says. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. The Lord is saying that the enemy wants to set up camp at your house. He wants to set up camp in your life. He wants to set up camp in your family, in your marriage, in your health, and on your job. The enemy wants to camp out in your life. And the enemy wants to camp out in your mind, on your emotions, and on your thought process. But look what God told Israel. What a wonderful separation the Lord made between the, the house of Israel and the house of the Egyptians. In the Exodus chapter 12, in verse 13, this is what he says. The blood will be a sign. The blood will be a sign for you on your houses where you are. And when I see the blood, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive pledge, plague, excuse me, will touch you when I strike Egypt, which is a representative of the enemy, meaning no harm shall touch you. When I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. How many of you born again Christians this morning go all the way back to the cross when Jesus Christ shed his life on the cross? You and I have applied that blood in the New Testament to the door port post of our home and if I'll stay in the secret place of the Most High I'll dwell in the shadows of the Almighty. The blood of the New Covenant is over my life life and over my family and over this church nothing by shall any means harm me praise God hallelujah here's an example that I had uh, a little example that I, I found about God keeping the harm away from you no matter what it is uh, the little story goes, when I was 15 years old, I worked for a guy during the summertime laying sod at, at, uh, uh, at new, new apartments. Three of us worked all morning, and then we'd jump in the truck, and all of us would head to lunch together. We would always find a restaurant with a buffet. That's, some of you like that with my head down. You go to restaurants with buffets, because you can eat more at buffets. Joshua. And uh, I can tell you the restaurant didn't make any money on three of us eating. Our boss would drive the truck to lunch each day. And as I still remembered how he had this big old book filled uh, with all kinds of contracts and paperwork. Sometimes he even had wads of cash hanging out of the book. Other times he would put an old rubber band around a, a big wad of cash and throw the whole stack on the front dashboard of the truck as we headed into the restaurant. It was so hot in the summer that the truck windows were usually rolled down even though the big wad of cash sat in the plain sight of the dashboard. Can you imagine doing that now? 
The guy never worried, even once, that all that money would be stolen. Do you know why? He had this big dog in the truck. The dog was friendly, was always rode around in the truck with us. But when we would go into the restaurant, the boss would say to the dog, you're in charge. He said, I remember thinking, I hope this guy knows what he's doing. Anybody would reach in and grab that roll of money. But one time I watched as somebody slowly walked past the truck and the dog come close to taking a bite out of that person's arm. That dog knew that he was in charge. On an average day, that dog was friendly. On an average day, that dog was lazy. Until somebody looked at that roll of cash. Then that old dog took charge very quickly. The point of the story is, thank God we don't have lazy angels. It may not seem like they're doing much, but, some, but every time that we get in trouble, the one that is inside to you and I, they take charge. Can you give the Lord a hand? Amen. I want to close with this. I know some of you just itching to get out of here to go eat. So, He that dwells here will all dismiss and will leave and we'll go home and cook out or spend time with our family and we'll have a good time the next couple of days. But that enemy... He don't take a vacation. He don't take a vacation while you're cooking the hot dog. He don't take a vacation while you're swimming. He don't take a vacation. He never takes a vacation. And I'm telling you, I've had to learn this over the last couple years, Brother Wayne. If I don't stay here, I don't stay in my secret place. The enemy will do everything he can to destroy me. Pastor, I've been a, a Christian for 45 years. I got it made. Please, God in heaven, don't say that. You don't got it made until you walk through the eastern gates. The devil, I'm telling you, well, Pastor, you're preaching about the devil again. I'm just telling you, he's the one that torments me and I don't know maybe it's your little dog that torments you but it's, it's the devil but I'm telling you that I'll stay in my secret place I have all of those promises I have all of those promises in verse 16 and I'm not for sure I'm even going to continue this next week I'm not for sure because I really feel like that that I need to talk about angels more because they're powerful they are powerful these creatures are no little, 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 little boys. I mean, they're powerful. But if I'll stay in my secret place with the Most High and dwell there, I'll be under the shadow of the Almighty. And do you know what the last verse of verse 16 says? It talks about, if you'll stay here in the secret place, he said, long life I'll give you. The Bible says the Word of God is health into my bones. If I stay in my secret place. 
Don't allow, I'm going to close like this today. Don't allow life, don't allow life to keep you from here. Because if you allow life to keep you from here, then it's going to keep you from the things that God has for your life. If you, if you allow life to keep you from here, if you don't hear anything else I've said, if you allow life to keep you from here, then it's going to keep you from the things that God has for your life. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you for being reverent to the Holy Spirit this morning. It's just been such a wonderful presence. It's been so easy for me to worship and it's been so easy. I think this has just been one of the easiest times I've been able to preach. It's just the presence of God of His saints. It's been so sweet this morning and I, I just want to thank you for just yielding to the, the Spirit. Father, we thank you this morning. God, uh, everyone under the sound of my voice today, they, they do. They got something going on in their life. And maybe they're doing great, but they got a, they got a mom. They got a, they got a dad that's really struggling right now, whether it be sickness or whatever it may be. Or they got a, they got a child. Um, or they got their own health. Or they got a, a marriage or... Maybe they're just, God, maybe they're just lonely. They're lonely. Maybe they're discouraged. Maybe fear is overtaking them. But God, I, I want to give them Psalms 91 if they'll just live in the secret place of the Most High. Grab one someone by the hand and uh, we're, uh, we're going to just rededicate our life to the secret place. Father, thank you. Thank you. This congregation. God, I love these people. I love the sheep you, you gave Tina and I. I love them. But God, I can't love them enough because I can't take their problems away. Nobody can love them as much as you do. I love them and I really love them. But God, I as much as if I could walk down this aisle and I could take every problem out of their life, God, I would do it. I love them that much, but God, I can't. I just gave them what you wanted me to give them this morning. And God, would you walk up and you just touch them, God. Father, we rededicate our life. I, I want you to just to rededicate your life to the secret place. Nothing to bring condemnation, just to just rededicate your life to the secret place. And we're going to just sing one more chorus and I'm going to let you go. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. As we seek His face, and as we seek His face, He is here. He is here in this place. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. God, we rededicate our life back to you. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. Dedicate our life back to the Lord.
someone's one's hand and I want to close like the, the Lord has asked me to close. I don't know why I got ready to close and the Lord the Lord told me to do this. Uh, you know God sees every one of our situations but there's a particular situation in here and God doesn't put one up above another but I got ready to leave and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray for a family today. I want you to pray for Sister Tina's family. Her two sisters are here, and uh, I won't, I don't think it's, I feel like the Holy Spirit is nudging me not to say what it is, but they, they got, they just, I just want you to pray for her mother and dad. I'm going to leave it at that, and I just felt like the Lord said, today is the day to pray for her and her sisters, and I, I want us all just to bow our head, and I, I want us to pray for them. Okay, Father, I thank you today for you're a good, good Father. For some reason, you picked this morning in this service to pray for Sister Tina and her sisters, God, and that family, the whole family. God, today I got a phone, I mean, uh, this week I got a phone call from Wayne, and he said, Pastor, I just want to tell you I love you. Lord, we don't know. We don't know what one phone call will do in somebody's life this week. So, Father, we take just a minute this morning. And we pray for Tina's family and her sisters, God. We pray for her mother right now. We pray for her dad right now. God, I am asking you to give them strength. I am asking you, God, from the heaven above. The all-seeing, all-sufficient God. That he would reach down right now, God. That he would touch their family. Father, I pray over everyone in this congregation today. They all got things. But God, we're going to leave out of here knowing we don't have to fear. The terror by night or the era, whatever that era is that flies by day. God has got us. God's got us. Let's say this one more time and you're dismissed. Let's say it together. God has got it. God's got it.